0: Welcome to the Secured Podcast. I'm your host Mike Matraga, coming to you live from the Security Studios. Today we have Scott Rice, um, Santa Fe. Scott Rice is uh, a spouse of Flo Rice, who was injured uh, in the Santa Fe shooting, and uh, Scott has a tremendous story to tell. He's one of the unsung heroes of Santa Fe that uh, doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. But uh, today we're going to do that to him, uh, do that with him, and and uh, give him that uh, platform to talk about uh, his experience in Santa Fe. And uh, so, Scott, welcome. Thank you for
1: joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having us. So
0: tell me a little bit about who you are, your um, relationship, you know, flows your wife, and, you know, what
1: part you had in the Santa Fe shooting? Well, you know, we talk about in our lives now, there's before and after many things, Brett. And so we're, uh, and I say we, because now, um, you know, when I talk, I'm not just something for myself, you know, it to represent my wife. So, right. um, we're different people than we were before, you know, we had aspirations and we had futures and we had, uh, things in our lives going on that, we're put on hold and we're stopped, basically. So, um, I'm not the same person I was before my 18. And Flo's definitely don't near the same person she was before my 18. Um, and it's not about us anymore, you know? It's about um, what we can do now, thinking just out to someone else so their lives aren't disrupted and upended like ours Right. You talk about
0: wanting to. Uh... Continue to fight and be an advocate, right? I mean, advocacy is is important to you, list. But I know it's important to you. I've you know talked to you multiple times. We've established a relationship over the last five years. Uh, you and Flo and some of the other victims of Santa Fe uh, have been a very integral part of establishing new policies and mandates and laws for them to state effects you mind sharing with us some of the um, things that you guys have been a part of regarding uh, new legislation here in the state?
1: Yeah, from day one, um, we started the week of the shooting. So Flo was in the hospital, the governor and the lieutenant governor, all of our legislators, uh, senators, congressmen, all came to visit her. So actor wrote, and they all promised us that they were going to change everything and take care of folks that she didn't have to worry about anything and that um they all gave me their numbers and they all said call me anytime and we'll work together and we'll keep this from happening again and we're so sorry it happened and um we're we're here for it. so i did i kept all the numbers and i called and a couple days later um I got a call from the gutter's office and said, would you be interested in coming down to my round table and tell, you about, tell your story and, you know, being there to uh, help us get through this, you know, explain to people what happened. And um, was definitely, you know, on drugs at this point for kind of pain. And said, well, okay, go ahead, you know, believe her. You know, and um, she had a, you know, some support at that time. So um, I made the trip to Austin, and what uh, she did tell me, if you're going to go, here's what I want you to tell. So she gave me a list of things that she wanted them to, to know, and she wanted to check so that it wasn't just to go tell. Because at that time, we went on radio silent. But in New Flo was in the hospital for a couple of days. We didn't talk to any media. She didn't want any... We Surround her light. And nobody had heard her story. Nobody heard what had happened. This for days school didn't even know where she was or what really happened to her. Um, so I went and I took Officer Amanda with me, and he's the one who uh picked her up and brought her to the car and put her in there. Um, and so I got him recognized for a year that day. It's very emotional for me to relates really you know, the same retirement talking that, And Johnny and I have become really close, you know, he's our hero, you know, and we're like family, you know, regardless now. But I told the story of that morning, what happened from the time she called me, you know, t- time that she got out of surgery. And then I was there to recognize John. What flow? Really wanted me to to not to just tell her story about her or you know, about John, and it was about what we needed to do the others that had happened substitutes and why three substitutes
0: that day? and that's uh that's uh tough to think about when you when you put it in a verse what's the uh, three substitutes being shot? On the same day, just weeks after there was an incident that was reported. And then a follow up conversation through a fish to, I'm assuming, at least the principal the uh, school, or I'm not sure if it made it to the superintendent at the time or at the school board. But in that letter, you know, Flo says that, you know, it was addressed that substance did not have the same access for authority uh, as a full-time employee um, and then nothing happened from the time that that letter was written tragedy and then three subs for the ones that were two to one injured um, and that's
1: uh, pretty ironic that way. Yeah, you wonder it's just ironic, you know. It was a Is It was a part of the master plan. Uh, we don't know why did he target that he didn't have our class. He had an English class like that day. So he went there for a reason, and he planned this. And so I think it was February 28th was the, um, what was called the scare, Yeah. which was a full lockdown. you know, full, everybody came, just like they did it on the, you know, May 18th. So it was a big deal. Parents were in an uproar. Um, so it, it was just like a shooting, just there was a, Probably it was a shooting. Somebody discharged a weapon outside. So, Parkman had just happened, and the governor actually had sent a letter to every school, telling them to be prepared and to uh, make sure they're ready just before the lockdown. So, you had Parkman on the fourteenth, and the governor put a letter out. Scare. Then he had the letter from Stisdale about. Well, I don't think she wrote it, but. Um, they knew that it was a possibility, right? You know, a pair. And all these, what Pro talked about BLT before, about substitute uh, being all in one hallway, you know, while teachers are out for training or for, you know, awards or whatever they're going to, um, nobody really had paid attention to that before. So when I spoke to the roundtable and what Flo said, the keys, and doors not being locked, or the janitors come lock you in, you know, and um, the phone issues, and not having an intercom in the room, just all these issues that they don't even realize is a huge hole in the security program.
0: I think most school districts, State of Texas, or even in the nation, that's that's one of the things that they don't even consider. They don't think about that, you know. And that's that's a very uh, important part of everyday life on a campus is fill the needs uh, of, uh, of teachers that are out, like you said, vacation or sickness or whatever it is. There are people that have to need, and those are substitute teachers, and they tr- they provide a tremendous uh, asset and, and they're a tremendous resource to our schools. And they're often overlooked as, oh, they're just the two. That's not the case. These individuals, if it were not for substitute teachers, a lot of these school districts could not even function. You know, uh, if you look at, you know, after COVID, um, and even to today, uh, most school districts, that's one of their biggest hurdles is filling these classes uh, because there's such a substitute shortage. Um, Personally, just like, Full-time employees and then a professional staff and educational environment, teachers and then, and uh, other professionals. I think they're just underpaid and they're underappreciated. Yeah, and uh, you know I think that you know, if we want to encourage positive, uh, you know, environments within our educational environment, we have to start paying people what they deserve. Schools have become such a hostile territory. Um, not just in Texas, but throughout the nation um, because of multiple societal factors. So, um, you know, getting back to some of the legislative efforts. Um, so you went to the roundtable, you met with the governors, or the governor, and you met with some of the, the our legislators. And SB 11 was proposed in 2018. I don't, uh, or testified in support of and helped. Uh, provide some content to that. Um, talk to us about SB 11 and the changes that were made. I want to give blow credit for it because it was you who went to the roundtable and spoke on the ad um, to change that for schools uh, or for substitute teachers in uh, the state of Texas. So talk to us about the legislative efforts and, and what's developed since 2008.
1: Well, um, so initially after the roundtable, uh, Dr. Wan and his wife came to our house and um, he took notes on everything Phil had to say about the air spirits that day and about the failures of the system that keeps substitutes as like an outsider, right? They're not respected. They don't give full authority, um, but yet they're there for your kid. And they have relationships with those kids, like right? a lot of them. Have, uh, people talk about Tisdale. The, the kids talk about and Twerkinson, how they call it, grandma curd. You know, they call it grandma. They they love those people, right? So report. And so, Doctor Bonin wrote HB seventeen in the House and instituted all the things that Phil had told him. And and the ridge is originally uh, HB seventeen um, was taken in by S. B. Leibniz and I like there. the wording just added to it the sum up was left out so there was a lot of things that could have been in it that because it was the Senate bill and the House bill was so big that they combined them and left some things out right. which you probably talked about sure, which is um, you know holding them accountable uh, for three years and uh, it, we thought it was a very positive thing we would testify you know the that talked many times on wording. So it was kinda like you're very involved in this. It's like something you're very proud of. You're like, okay, hopefully this stops happening, right? And and that's what we believe. And that's what the governor told us was gonna happen. This was gonna change everything and it was taken seriously. But well, we know that's that's empty
0: political promises. And I'm that's I'm not I'm not picking on Governor Abbott. I'm picking on politicians in general. It's uh, empty political promises that continue to happen. Yeah, it's uh, politicians that continue to get sound bites, and uh, of what needs to happen from subject matter experts like myself and other subject matter experts, they use that as political leverage, uh, and they pick and choose what they want based upon once their political narrative. And that's the yeah, you know, people can argue with me all day long about that, you know. Um, but that's the facts, and I said last week, one of the greatest threats to children in schools is politics. You know, you've got the left talking about something. I you've got the right talking about arming more teachers. Um, you know, I only get into that conversation here just a little bit, but uh, what I want to get back to is February 28th scare. After the letter was written that said that substitute teachers were not um, prepared May 18th app, that's where your wife is shot five times, right? Six times. Has anybody ever been held accountable uh, after that letter was written that uh the substitute teachers were not prepared and then now you have two now deceased subs- and your wife shot six times was ever held accountable for not
1: taking action. No, in fact, awards and the promotions. So um, you know, business as usual. They, they're not gonna hold anybody accountable. Nobody's gonna uh, go down the ship as they should, you know. So, like in the navy, and ship, that's the first thing they do. That the captain's put on shore, comes in and takes over for him, right? So that never happened, right? And so, what we did was we started. Uh, it took a while, probably two months, before we got out of uh, enough rehab. You know, where we can uh, put our heads above water, and see what was going on. Right. So there was a lot going on in the school district. You know, people protesting, people raising hell with the, the, fishing, you know, wanting change and fighting. Then we got involved and, um, we went well, on campaign, traveled with the governor, you know, went to a couple of stops with him and got fucked and we're supporting him. Got the shirt, Navy shirts, you know, photos. Well, you know, family members and survivors, family members, you know, and um, thought we had a relationship, you know, until we found out SB-11 didn't have any teeth. You know, all the states, well, they might have to do this. But what do you mean? So, you know, what we talking about the governor passed the law, signed it. now the schools need to, you know, put all this into play, right? And when we found that out. I started... Or those phone numbers they get me, right? People that I met with in Austin and um sort of saying, hey, what's going on? What what am I hearing? You know, this isn't well, you know, it I'm in, you know, it's in a each session, you know, a little more gets added to it, unlike not the and I'm you know accustomed to. Like you said it was gonna be a law, you said it was gonna be this, and I find out it's not. So Flo and I and Rosing some went to the office and the donor he took my call and appointment, I think it's around Christmas uh 2019 and we went to the mansion and uh he took notes of all our concerns on napkins and um we told him we wanted a third party investigation um, just like the Park hunt, we wanted a commission and so he goes yeah that's a good idea so we'll make that a priority order before we took commission after and I kept calling, you know, and they stopped taking my call, and then numbers changed or whatever, you know, and so I lost my contact in the guards because we were calling them out because nothing really meant it. So that was a hard lesson. Everybody always said, "Don't get involved with the politics. Don't trust politicians," and I trusted them. I thought that word messed up. Well, there's still good
0: ones. There are some good ones. Um, but and I don't know the specifics, but we do know of, of some, but, uh, switching course that, um, you know, at the intro, I said that you were one of the unsung heroes of Santa Fe, uh, that you don't get the recognition that you deserve. And so, you know, one of the stories that I don't think that the general public even knows about is your story regarding Lowe in that instance, when she was wounded, um, you know we commonly refer to the Santa Fe shooting as the forgotten shooting, you know because it happened, and then you know uh, everybody was in an uproar, everybody was moving, and covid happened and and whatnot but um you know we we reference it to, reference it as the forgotten shooting because I truly feel like it's been over um and like I said, one of the one of the things that I want to discuss today is your role in Santa Fe and how you helped flow. Um, and so can you elaborate on that? Like uh, when you first got the call, um, who was that from? From P- Herself. From flow shot six times. She's calling you. Yeah. And can you explain how that happened and, and what
1: that was like? Well, she gets up early, you know, to get to school early. And that morning, it's like any other day, you know, she was in a hurry to be there on time. She went to late, can't find her keys, which is Apple's you time to time you know and um, I said don't worry, can to get truck you know I'll find the keys and then I'll bring the car and exchange it for the truck right don't worry so, um, she goes to school I go do downstairs five, them in like two minutes of course and I text her and you know text back we were out here so darling, you know it's like don't worry about it. So that possibly could have been, like, the last text we ever made, right? And um, I go back to sleep, and fall was, I guess, you know, and I'm out, and I didn't get to it. Um, and then um, she calls back and says, I put shot. She up. out. You think you were, like, a dream at that point? Did you, I mean, did that seem real? It does not seem real. Right, no. You don't ever expect somebody you love to say they didn't shot. Especially in a school, then i you know, isn't not postal. It was only you know, coast post told me that. Uh workplace violence was not an only issue, right? So she calls back and says, I'm been shot. I'm behind the school or I'm in the parking lot, I like think she said. And um turns up again. So, I didn't know that she's laying there on her phone under her face in the, grass, in the grass, trying to be quiet and not wanting to draw attention to herself. I jump up and uh, start to get dressed in a hurry, and, um, and she calls back. I can't remember how many times you know she called like this. So I'll get a little bit more information each time. And um, our daughter was uh, the officer getting ready for school. And as I'm hurrying out the door, I'm thinking, did I tell her, Do I not tell her, is this the last time, you know, if she goes, the last time she sees her mother alive, you know, but does she die and never sees her again? You know, I'm having to weigh that in seconds. And so I tell her, you know, get the card and mom's been shot. And, um, I could hear in the background when Flo would call me shooting. And at that time, nobody knew there was a mass shooting going on. So I assumed that she had made some student mad, you know, gave him a bad gray or, you know, somebody had something out for her and shot her to Barkamok. So we jumped in. Uh, I had a bus fight. And I really liked that. And that would get there quick, right? So we jump in the car, and I think we're maybe five miles from the school. And there's, you know, a handful of red lights, but um, I got there really quick. But be, uh, as I'm entering the highway um, off the street we're on, uh, I come over the railroad tracks, and then I see, you know, cars going by, kind of cars going by. So I jump out in that and uh start in towards the school and come up to major intersection to just keep going you know and that there's no stopping that morning um and um by the time i get there they hadn't canvassed down that and this is fluid this is happening like right now right correct and the adrenaline is just flowing like you can't imagine but i'm just thinking about flow i'm not thinking about what what's going on why all this cops doing you know. To the school. And uh, I entered the flat off the highway um, where parents like pick up and drop off, right? And teachers park in the front, like the visitor parking, and there's teacher party. So I'm looking for um, the truck and I'm looking and um, know how I was able to get in. And I wasn't stopped. Nobody looked at me. Funny and like, who is this person? You know? uh I guess they soon I was an off duty officer maybe, you know, responding and um I go through that part and a lot. I will see her and I'm heading toward the back and I'm all around the side and uh I'm just like got getting to the right I'm looking all over and uh she calls me again and um still so yeah, I think I'm in the back and where the buses drop off. And I'm like, you know, so this is my fifth child to put to the school. So I'm very Familiar with the school. Right. And uh, so I'm, I, I know where she's at now. So um, he, I come around the corner to the back of the school and um, I get up behind the art rooms and there's two officers there and they're waving me away, you know, get away, get away, get away. And uh, so I leave the back of the school, go out to the street, out back into another other for the buses come in. And that's where the uh, cafeteria is. Um, and I come around the back of the cafeteria with like the loading dock area and there's dumpsters and stuff. So I kind of parked there. I see flow back toward where I had came from. And uh, I see her laying there. And I see M Perkins laying on the side of wall. And I've seen the two officers. And uh, about the car, he start to run, whoa, which this, you no know, active shooter going on. It's time gunshots. At that point. "Yeah, there's still gunshots going on." Okay, um, so I'm trying to run to her, and they're waving me off, waving me off, you know, to go away. And uh, I have my phone and talking to her, and I tell him, "That's my wife. I'm on the phone with her. She's alive." And he tells me, "No, no, not. She's dead." And I said, "No."
0: We know at that point, been checked to see if she was there. They just, you know, and I'm not, oh, sir, but, you know, back to what I say is that we have to get to a force of, but we're starting to render, um, you know, to their credit. I mean, we, I haven't heard their story, but we are assuming that they did not check our vitals. Like We know they didn't check our vitals, because she's alive. She's talking to you on the phone.
1: So, um, chat go ahead. Yeah, so talking to Johnny later, and uh, Johnny Manda, he, um, I had eye contact with him, he's telling me this. Um, he was told by the other officers, he approached that they were dead. So he's getting secondhand information. So he didn't bother Gen Warren, right, Fred? And, uh, of course, they heard the shooting going on inside. They can't get in because the back doors are closed and they self-locked. I mean, so... Johnny reaches down to and touches um, from, and Chill was right. He's like startled. And he's like, You're in my neck. And uh, instantly, he just halted towards me. It was like time that he sobered. He came to be so fast, and, and was like supernatural. And all this is going on, and it's like, I have no idea what's going on really, you know, how was I able to get into the school in the first place, into the parking lot, and drive around in a bright, blue, and thing, and and 100 miles down in the parking lot, without people thinking, I'm part of the problem. Right. And then, you know, they locked the school down very quickly after that. While this is going on, they're locking the front down, they're locking the back down, like the taut. Um, so he puts her in the car, and uh, that's when I could see Leg was just you um, know, facing the wrong direction. Just, uh, I didn't know what was holding it together at that time, right? So she gets in the car and she notices that our daughters with leaving. And in her story, she tells that, you know, while she's laying there, she's thinking to herself, thank God my daughter's not here. She hasn't come to school. It's her late day. And so that gave her comfort till she gets in the car found out I brought her to an active shooting. So um she was able to add, you know, give comfort to Flo in the car and to hold her. And um Flo's bleeding. Uh, it's no doubt in my mind that Flo eleptic, would have been the eleven thing sure let that in a matter of time. If I wasn't able to, to get there that quickly. And it's a God thing, right? Because there's no way you can script this. You can't say, oh, well, you know, they'll let me in and I'll just walk around the school and get my wife and walk out of the, ma- of, you know, mass shooting. We know that at Pew Valley that they're not letting people in, right? Right? They'll tackle you. So um, there was no stopping me at that point. You know, nobody was going to keep me out. One way or another, I was getting her out of there. And luckily she wasn't in the school. She was outside. But... Uh, she definitely wouldn't lose her mind if a minute later I got to score a solid fray. Luckily, she had her phone. and Luckily, I answered the phone. Didn't have the sound off, right? All these things had to transpire just as a right moment. Of course, it happened. Let's talk about, so you're, you're
0: you're in the fire with you star. You're essentially mirroring law enforcement as they're approaching the school as well. And I'm assuming that they assume your problem at all duty officer as well as you approach the school how many officers do you think were there could you even remember i mean was the uh, was highway six um blocked up at that point well, i mean was it uh, was it i mean it seemed like it was pretty From listening to you it seemed pretty easy to get into the parking lot so uh, do you recall
1: how many officers were already on scene as you were arriving not permitting, just So there was, of course, none blocking off the entrance, and there's still school would just started. Minutes, fifteen minutes after the bell rings, and this is all transpired. So there's actually people, they drop off kids. This this is happening as the call goes out. There are officers that were off duty from other cities or DPS that responded like, oh, you know, in plain clothes and not uh, in patrol cars. So. It's happily that um, I'm coming in with like one of them, and right. so i legal just go in. Yeah, there's probably a dozen yeah. up front cars. Yeah, you know, and there's one in the back. Okay, they had no idea it was happening in the back, and um, I think if there was cameras, I like to see it. You know. What grilling really transponder, you know? Yeah. Um, at some point, you'll be able to get that. Um,
0: you know, police or you know, your own goods, peace of mind. Knowing, I mean, you obviously did the right thing, but when you left, so you picked up Flo, Johnny takes her to the car, uh, and then you leave. As you're leaving, have the number of officers doubled by that time? Yeah, or what did that scene look like as you have her in the vehicle, and you're leaving? I'm assuming you took her to UTME. Is that where you took her? Yeah, you yeah, know, took her to
1: Pink um, City UT City in first, yeah. Um, So we leave them back to the back of school. Of course, kids had already been flooding out of the school, and they're hearing the gunfire. So we know from um, people's documenting this and telling us, you know, what was going on. Uh, people were videoing it on their cell phones, and so they blocked off full with um, school vehicles like um, lawn crews and, you know, uh, the officers that ever responded for the other schools We blocked off the back. So there's kids all, everywhere out by the uh, houses in the back. There's a couple of cop cars. Um, it was kids and it was family members. There was so many people had already heard and had come back there and were trying to get close, you know, and they're trying to hold them back. So our exit was, and so I had to drive into ditches to get out and go around the barricades. And how about the buildings, you know, they weren't stopped. Right. So uh, we headed toward um, 1764, which is a major highway that run between Texas City and um Santa And we had the conversations, like, where do we go? you know, what's the best choice when the hospital's around here? Um, so, we do, but it just finished hospital the City. We thought it'd be best, closest place to go. So I head that way, and um, I'm going down the center lane, passing everybody. And uh, there's a uh, cars coming the other way, and in high school, police from every city and jurisdiction around there. And I'm going towards Sun. You know, they're like, I don't know how people they really wonder. You know, is this a guy? We have any checks in this guy? Yeah, yeah is the guy? Is he fleeing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because nobody knew. The banda wasn't able to get on radio and tell them... Oh, Cause the radio traffic. Yeah, and he did say, tried to put it out there, that I just put a teacher in a car and they're leaving out the back. And he told me that. And he couldn't get all the radio because everybody was all the radio. Yeah, And nobody's paying attention to people leaving the school. Yeah, right? So, uh, so it's, it's just a bizarre, bizarre... And think about, you know, so as you're leaving, though, do you see any medical
0: assets yet? Any ambulances or anything like that? Yeah. We're talking. So do we have a route when the first shot was fired? What time? So, um, 7.30. I'm saying, she called you at, what, 7.36, 7.4,
1: 734, 7.34. So a couple of minutes after. The thing about the timeline is, so he goes into the art rooms. He's able to... to shoot all the students before he shoots and follow John. So he's already probably everybody else. All of that transpired all the time, all of the going between rooms back and forth, shooting them in the closet. That transpired before. Then the alarms pulled. His attention away from the in the art rooms, and now his attention was in the hall. So that's when he starts shooting down the hall. It's because he hears the fire drill. He knew he's got more victims to each shoot. He's got these trapped in a barrel. New ones crossed. Rick someone. The mental. The alarm. Right. And so then he shoots a hen. And then he shoots Flo. And then he shoots John Barnes. And from that point forward, you didn't kill anybody else. They're the last. Do we know why? Because once on Barnes interactive his attention was then down the hall. He never actually was able to look the kids were already barricaded in at the back door and they tried over something. Yeah, Sh- yeah. And we all know, you know this, we talked about this. Anytime they're confronted by law enforcement, they're either towers and they kill themselves or it does stop the shoot, and that's what we need as quick as possible, type is to confront right. But we also need to save the victims that are bleeding to death, wow, he's they confronted. Yeah, you know, I, I get a bad rap because I always
0: talk about, and we have to have a controlled response. It's gonna be very orchestrated. Um, you know, in alert training and, and other active shooter trainings, rule number one is you don't wait. You go in, you stop the killing, or you at least, isolate the shooter, which stops the killing. One way or another you you stop that killing, right? And um, what we see and have seen in multiple cases over the last many years is that law enforcement, everyone wants to run to that shooter, right? And we fail to understand that you have a duty and an obligation to render aid to victims as well. Um, You know, part of rendering a initial uh, step is assessing, you know, checking their vitals. Um, I'm certain that if someone would have assessed Flo's uh, vitals and checked to see if she was breathing, you know, moles, whatnot, assessed her, her wounds, um, she would not have lost as much blood. Uh, perhaps they could have applied a surrogate, packed wound. Uh, communicated, whether it be verbally or or non-verbally, that you had a victim of a live victim there rather than just assume that she was dead. It's easy for me to point fingers. I'm not pointing fingers. and I'm not passing a blade, but that just seems to be the narrative where uh, everybody's going to the problem, right? Everyone's going to a shooter we believe or are like collecting his other duties you know i think uh one of the other realities is that uh in the majority of his cases what we've seen is that law enforcement responds and then medical responds but then a lot of times medical is not entering the facility till horseback so renders it safe unless they have you know, some type of rescue task force which I really encourage everyone, every police department needs to be part of a rescue task force. Start getting your own, uh, going in with your active shooter teams or with your first responding officers, uh, being that that trailing element. Uh, you don't have to be on point, but be that trailing element. Back to business, As the point is moving through that facility, clearing that building, finding that shooter, isolating him or her, then you're just picking up the slack and starting to render aid to those who need to there too right and so uh it's a i think it's um it's an evolution that a practice that we need to see and so um get back on track headed out 1764 to leak city to the U- university of texas medical branches new campus they would get there what was the response medical professionals as you were back on assuming you went to
1: the er so we pull out to the ER, slide in, you know, and hit the brakes and I jump. And there's people just walking in for work that morning, just getting there and they get their coffee, their briefcase. And I'm yelling, you know, I need help. I need help. My my wife's been shy, where I, where shy, yeah, he you down. So they jumped into, you know, Overdrive and, up here out of the car, the uh, gurney, gurney. They got that and give me it. They did not know they would have big construct mesh. It hadn't even made it on the news yet. As we're getting there, life just now leaving to go get John Barnes. So we make it all the way to the hospital before Oh, we out. Yeah. You make it for the hospital before John had seen Trent. Yeah. Wow. 'cause if you hear his story, he's out in the ambulance out Fox. And they're trying to stop the bleeding and um, you know, give putting the, he'd already have the target from uh from Gary Fuller. Right. Uh and, and so what Johnny Bannon did and what Gary Forward did was against training. Both of them tell you that. That Johnny was not supposed to leave his post. He was not supposed to till it was over. Right. And Gary was not supposed to drag um, John Martus to safety, and John even told him, go back. Would have died. He was dead almost already, right? Yeah. And, um, and after he did get help and some the other officers stuff, you know, Gary went back and was talking to the shooter and it was, you know, yeah, interacting with him. So we do know from a fact that if you do get immediate attention, that you can be safe. Yes. And so that makes us think about, yeah, slaying there next to flow, and um, topping with her daughter. I do know, you know, when her father, uh, heart uh inquid beating, which was, you know, after I got there. Um, if maybe if they had checked it's still out of heartbeat, they could have put her to the back of one of the trunks and took her to an ambulance. They could have done anything to save her. We don't know. There's too many we don't knows and what it's well right? you the shots let's say Roughly start at 7.30. I get to call at
0: 7.34, 7.35. What time do you think you arrived there? I think we left 7.45, around there to go to the hospital. Wow, so get so, got there really bad. Yeah, you know, wrote really Got her in the car. Johnny Man is a hero. Uh, we're out of there. You're out of there at 10 minutes. You're headed to the hospital. But you're saying that Based upon the information provided to you by Anne's daughter on her Apple Watch, that her heartbeat didn't stop until around 7 around 7, 15, seven 15, and down. Final. So we're looking at about 20 minutes, 20, 16 to 20 minutes. She had been shot and wounded. There's a potential that if she had gotten. The Medical attention, she might have lived. I mean, I don't expect we don't know, we don't know, we have no way, and I mean, we don't
1: know what her wounds were, but we assumed that she'd done it instantly. Definitely, definitely has been assumed, right? Right, that she had on impact, and that's what's so sad that you don't have an autopsy before She You don't know what hopefully now,
0: uh, with the passage of uh, page B435, um, and thank you, low. And, and the others, Rosie and the others, for really pushing the legislation to get that to where these victims' families can can access that data now. Uh, because that's part of the healing process. And so hopefully I think her husband would say to Steve, correct? Hopefully Steve Perkins and, and and their, you know, children can have some peace of mind, uh, knowing, you know, what her wounds were and and you know, I don't know. I mean, it's uh I don't want to speculate, but it, it uh, being told that her heartbeat was still beating up at least until seven fifty, it makes you wonder if she had gotten that treatment or that attention right away from those officers on the exterior of the building, could she have survived? I think it's safe to say maybe without not without knowing what actual wounds that she had, you know, but um, you know, for a heartbeat to uh, continue to beat for another 15, 16 minutes after a wound, I'll be pretty likely that she might have been able to survive. Um, so, I, um, I'm i hoping that they can you know get some peace and that they can get some answers uh, through HB435. S- Is it SB? I'm sorry. SB435. Um, so, that's a great piece of legislation that um you know we in this space and you guys be hey, big those um you're gonna you know be very proud of uh that you guys advocated a little bit but they amazed milton special friend of all of ours. yeah
1: i'll tell you how the house all came about it was because of steve and because because seeing what they're not getting trying not getting all the what-ifs uh I started working with Mays in 2000 he asked me what can i do to help and um he built this house bill when he was a, a house for a visitor right yeah and so several of us went testifying on him at session and Bernie it, really it didn't you know but the uh the test testifying on it so never got voted out That's committee. And so fast forward when he gets elected, he runs for senator, for our senator. And uh he's like, hey, he's got me, I'm gonna do this and let's uh, let's get it done. So we started meeting with other representatives and we started we had a big meeting in Austin with some of the families and to support sporting. And so uh he wrote the bill and it's it's crazy the life that a bill has and takes. And and I would never want anybody to go through, well, we went this to right? So um, we go and testify on it. And it's written just like it's passed now, but that's not how it happened in the middle. So in the middle, it was sabotaged and it was pulled. The wording was changed, and it was going to be just for victims of Santa Fe, basically. No other uh, crime would it apply to them. There was people who would testify that day that it would have helped the original wording. And then they had to change their testimony to not fill it out. So they went from supporting it in the in the house to not supporting it in the Senate. And so it became a really big political football. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad
0: that uh you guys got it there. I know that for people like you know, and I don't know it goes to Perkins personally, but I do know Rosie very well. We we have become really close friends, and uh, I just uh, know that. I mean, last night she's you know texted me like I said multiple times. She was just elated that finally she's going to be able to get some resolution and some answers to how her son died, and uh, could he have been saved? Uh, you know, was it a fatal uh, uh, wound? Uh, did he suffer? Did he not suffer? Um, And so I'm really happy uh, for not only the victims of Santa Fe, but for other victims. And we know there's going to be future victims because this is not going to end um, today. And in fact, it's regressively getting worse. But now knowing that people will have the ability to access those records for their own mental well-being is huge. So thank you guys for you know, fighting alongside Rosie and Steve and, and others uh it means a lot and i know that um uh, you know there's a lot of work left to do um i, I uh, give you my word that i will continue to fight doing these things until it's so it's fixed and we've got to speak out loud and we've got to be that that uh, squeaking wheel that we just become that squeaky wheel um uh, because uh Innocent people are dying because of an ever-growing and violent society, but a political system that is dividing us rather than uniting us. Um, and so, you know, it's going to take subject matter experts like myself and that I have, and then what I would consider you guys being subject matter experts also because of your experience to come together and work, continue to fight this fight and how the and politics to prevent things from getting done because they're uh, dying. It's, it's our and friends that are getting shot and uh, that are subject to some of these hostilities towards them in uh, public education. And uh, not only for, uh, for the students but for the staff i mean Flo is a substitute teacher and substitute teacher miss tisdale substitute teacher we have a duty and an obligation to teachers to make sure that they're in a environment not just to the students but to teachers and those that are responsible for educating americans and uh, american youth in, in texas texas's youth um, so thank you for continuing to fight. Um,
1: any last words? Anything you wanna address? Well, it takes a lot of you, you know, you wanna give up because you're just adding up sometime. You're like nobody's listening. We're not getting any traction or not, you know, not is changing anything. There's somewhere somebody preparing for the next message, right? They're sitting there planning it, to read the read of Columbine doctrine, they're following it. They want to be the next biggest Mashu, you know. They want to go down the ways of glory, basically. So we know that that that's have, people are playing that right, there. and we know there's another going to happen. And people who don't think it can happen are not living in reality because it's going to happen, and it can, it will. happen. So that's what we keep, right? And then you relax, and the next thing you know, at the Tennessee shooting. Right. Have the one at Allen, uh and it just rings right back into it again. You think you're, you know, relaxing and you and go on vacation, but no, ruins your vacations. what is some
0: advice you would give to school districts um that perhaps um are not taking this as serious as I don't want to assume that they're not taking it serious, but there's this um mentality amongst K-12 that uh you know it can't happen here. We don't have those type of kids. Um we don't have that type of community. What would you say to those people that think that? Or or they say that we just simply don't have the money. Um, What would you say that have that mentality, whether you know about their community or their kids, or they say they just don't
1: have the money. What would you say to her? We all say the same thing, right? Couldn't have it the Santa Fe, little sleepy town, you know, Liberty um, Valley, you know, just a quiet little towny drive through. Um, Parkland, a very upscale, you know, very uh, nice area. We visited Parkland. Um, it can happen anywhere at any moment. Any child. any. You're not prepared. If you're you don't see it coming, it's going to going to devastate you i'm just going to take things from you that you never knew it was going to take and going back once it happens you can't with that g the bottle. how important is that football stadium how important is the astro is it more important than the kids going home safe at the end of the school year that's what your priority has to be you have to look within yourself and say can i put off that astroturf one more year so i can put those cameras in so i can tell those parents you can drop your kid off and then i'm gonna give them back to you at the end of the day just like you
0: like i can't even follow up on that that was perfect so well i appreciate it thank you for joining us thank you for having us yeah, sir thanks for all your bite we'll what you're doing for thanks to the judy and I brand yes sir Well.